What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast presented by Student Union Sports. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and we have a great show for you today. One half of the campus cover, Cody Goggin, comes on the podcast to finish off our home-and-home episodes. We do a mock draft. We talk some football news. We go over my divisional selection, see what he likes, see what he would change. Uh, And then after that, I get into some NBA storylines, been watching all the playoffs. It's been so much fun. Uh, Obviously, get into what Luke has been able to do with the Mavericks at this point. Uh, So fully loaded show. Let's get into it. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry. Like I said, we've got a great interview coming up with half of Campus Cover podcast you guys should go check out and he'll talk all about that uh, in the episode. But if you want to hear some more of our content, some of the things we're putting out, you can follow us on Twitter at PodcastNGO. Uh, been putting out a lot of NBA basketball tweets, worthwhile, some funny, uh, some not so much, but either way, it's a good follow. And then uh, on Instagram, at Podcast for actual clips of these interviews, if you want to see us in person, see us interact, uh, it's a really good time. But for now, let's get into my interview with Cody Goggin. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. Uh, we have one half of campus cover, Cody Goggin. Cody, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, no problem, man. What's going on? Nothing much. Just watching a lot of basketball, reading a lot of football stuff, trying to get ready for the season and the uh, fantasy football season. But it's it's a good time. Appreciate you taking the time to join us. Anytime. Yeah, especially with the uh, with no preseason, the start of the NFL season is really creeping up on us. Yeah, honestly, it's 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 really going to come out of nowhere. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a good place to start actually. So we had today, uh, a, a false positive scare, uh, with about six of the NFL teams where they were reporting like 10 of their guys that have reported false positives. Um, and they all linked back to this one testing facility in New Jersey, um, which is, you know, just another hurdle that they've gotten over, but it's still very, uh, very scary for, for some people, you know, thinking, looking to this upcoming season. So uh, I'll ask you the same question you asked me on your podcast. How confident are you in this NFL season actually happening? There will be games played. Um, I'm fully confident in that. Just need to see, uh, you know, how many players are going to miss. Is it going to be like MLB where a team will have to be shut down for a period of time? So there will be players miss games. There will be games likely canceled or postponed. Um, but I do think a mostly full season will be played. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And I guess the thing that's that's tricky with compared to baseball uh, and football is you've only got 16 games compared to their 60. So it's like if we, you know, if we miss one, are we going to be able to make it up? So it's uh, but I I think we're in the same boat, cautiously optimistic. Um, Well, you know, you said for sure games are happening, but how many uh, are definitely still up in the air? Um, I do think they'll get it in. And the NFL's at least had, you know, been able to readjust our schedule with that in mind with the extra weeks they have planned as a buffer for the Super Bowl or things like that. I, I do think that it can make some, some things work. Yeah, no, there is a, they're doing everything they can, which is exciting uh, from a fan's perspective. And obviously from our perspective as uh, distinguished media members uh, that, that get to talk about this stuff, it gives us continual stuff to talk about. So uh, got you on. So while we talk about this stuff, we're doing a mock draft getting people ready for the fantasy football season. 
So we're going to talk a little bit of football in between uh, making our picks here. Uh, and we'll just kind of interject and, and talk about why we took a guy real fast and, and move on. So it looks like we're a couple minutes away from that kicking off. We're doing an eight-team league. Uh, so we're going to get through this pretty fast, and we're gonna, our, our teams are going to look pretty solid. Uh, but before we get into that, some, the big news out of today, the Ravens released Earl Thomas uh, and are trying to get the money back, the $10 million, was fighting with one of his teammates, Chuck Clark. Uh, and apparently, according to Bucky Brooks, I was reading, the leaders came up to, uh, of the Ravens came up to John Harbaugh and were like, look, he's got to go. So they let him go uh, in, in an interesting move because this is a multi-time pro bowler, but obviously, um, like I was reading with Bucky Brooks, what he said, he chose uh, chemistry, team chemistry over, over talent. How do you feel about this issue, the Ravens letting Earl Thomas go? Yeah, looking back a year on this, like it would be insane if you're just like, Earl Thomas is only going to play a year on this Ravens deal. He's going to get cut. Like, would have never believed you. But with everything that's kind of come up this offseason, uh, the whole <laughs> whatever it was that came out, like this spring about him, uh, that whole issue, and then leading on to uh, onto this, it just seems like there's there's some things going on where he's not – I don't know if he's entirely right. So uh, the Ravens being able to move on, being able to move on from him, I think is a uh, likely a good decision in the long term for them, keeping that locker room chemistry. And, uh, you know, like you said, choosing the, uh, the team over the talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I threw out a poll uh, on Twitter because there were, there were three places that they mentioned he would go. Let me see if I can pull up the results here um, to kind of see where, where my followers on Twitter are at. Uh, so it was the Cowboys, 49ers, and the Texans. And the Cowboys are the overwhelming favorite. Obviously, they freed up money. Also for the, the best day of the year. Oh. Draft day. Wow. We, we started the draft. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it's an overwhelming favorite of, of the Cowboys. Is that where you lean, or do you see the 49ers or Texans making a run? Uh, I would totally pick the, uh, like the Cowboys were the first team I saw, first team that came to my mind, that I think they would be the, the front runner. They can use as a safety help. Um, and they're in the best uh, – they're in a good spot to contend. I know that they looked at him when he was a free agent last year. All right. Is there a way to turn sound off on the <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think so, hopefully. Okay, there or, it is. Right, oh, it is. Perfect. All right, it's my pick right now, so real quick, we'll go with uh, – uh, okay, let's go with uh, Clyde edwards lawyer. Ah, jeez. Yeah, the hometown guy makes it easy to cheer. That's, that's where I was leaning. So, yeah, you've got pick five. I've got pick seven um, just to give the, the listeners at home something to go on about. But, yeah, so you're saying you're saying Cowboys, that's where you are leaning yeah. at this point. I would say Cowboys make most sense if, they, uh, um, if they're looking to make a deal and bring somebody in there that the Cowboys make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's where I'm thinking, too, especially they have that Gerald McCoy money from cutting him. Um, and they restructured the Tyron Lewis, Tyron Smith's contract, I think. So they've got the money for it, um, even on a one-year prove-it deal, which I think is kind of where uh, that, that makes the most sense for them to lean. But the, the big thing that I wanted to talk to you about here, I'm going to pull it up, is my uh, – so I made my predictions for the season. Uh, we've talked about it. Oh, I'm on the clock here. I'm just going to go ahead and, and uh, take Miles Sanders real fast. Well, that makes it first seven picks of the draft running backs. <laughs> yeah. It's. I think that's that's just the way to go. Everybody's kind of on that same that same wavelength. This is a uh, non PPR, mm. uh, non PPR draft. So yeah, it's going to be mostly running backs. I feel like, which I probably yeah. should have thought about before taking Ceh. But <laughs> hey, he'll get he'll get the yards. He'll, for sure. he'll get carries too. But the uh, the receiving value is going to 
rack up points for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think what we're what we should do here is we're just going to start uh, from the ASD North and work our way down. So I'll walk through my standings. I know you've got the Excel document there, but we're just going to go through piece by piece, uh, break it down, and tell me what you don't like, tell me what you like, and and then we'll go from there. So AFC North, we'll start there. Uh, I've got the Ravens at twelve and four, second in the uh, AFC. The Browns taking the top wild card spot, and then Steelers eight and eight, and the Bengals four and twelve. Uh, as I'm on the clock right now, and I'm going to make a quick pick and go with Josh Jacobs. Oh, that's who I was going to take. <laughs> All right, so I'm on the clock now. I'll go. I'll go Joe Mixon. Perfect. So yeah, AFC North. How does how does that sound to you from from that? I mean, from... look looking at that, the uh, the Browns picks a little bit bold, but I really like it. Uh, the Steelers feel very volatile based on uh based on where big ben's at this year if he comes back fully healthy like they have the defense they have a lot of weapons around him and could easily be a 10-win team uh if he's not that they could easily be a six-win team so it's it's all kind of dependent that eight wins falls right in the range where uh, i think they end up if the browns get you know what they think uh fancy's going to be able to bring to that offense and bakers kind of what we think he should be then, yeah, I could see the Browns doing that. They have enough talent to, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And so while it's a bold projection, uh, I think I'm fine with those AFC North rankings. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll of keep Of course, I didn't even mention the Ravens. You know, I, I have the Ravens as my number one team in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, 12-4 and four is fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a little low. <laughs> yeah. So we'll keep moving here in the AFC South. Uh, I've got my Colts 10 and six winning the division. Titans taking that seventh uh, wild card spot at nine and seven. The Texans seven and nine, and then the Jaguars five and eleven. Uh, so we kind of agreed on campus cover already. Colts are. I also like the Colts to win the division, and it does feel like those top three teams are all going to be between the seven to ten win mark, where they'll all be within a couple games of each other going down the stretch. So I, I do like the Colts there. Uh, Texans and Titans are very interchangeable for me right now. I don't have a solid opinion on those. And the Jags at 5-11, and 11, I'm stuck on the fence between thinking the Jags are the worst team in the AFC and thinking that, like, okay, maybe they have a little bit of something there with, with Minshew and some of those guys. Like, maybe they could compete and win a couple games, and I'm kind of stuck between, you know, do they win one game or five? Like, I can't – yeah, no, I, that, that's really, that's where I'm at as I'm counting on, on some, some Minshew magic um, to get him a couple of those games. Cause he's had a couple of games where he just, you know, 350 uh, and really, really playing well. Um, you just went off the clock here. Sorry, go ahead. And you took, I, I you took, took Kittle. Kittle third round. So right mm-hmm. now I'm uh, running back, running back tight end with my first three. All right. I'm, I'm stuck here a little bit. I took two running backs. Um, and I'm, I'm going between Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I think since we're in a non PPR league, I'm going to go Mike Evans just he's going to get those yards. Whereas Godwin, I think is going to be like that Julian Edelman and make those catches. Um, and I'm on the clock again, uh, really fast going all the way back around. Um, I've been reading a lot. I really like Amari Cooper, but Michael Gallup uh, was nearly identical to him from a fantasy perspective. Um, and, and he's like, you can get him three rounds later. You know, so for that reason, I think I'm going to take the guy that that Drew Locke is probably going to be putting a lot of confidence in, and I'm going to go Cortland Sutton with my with my second pick here. All right, uh, here I'm going to go with uh, 
we talk AFC North if everything breaks right for Baker. So I'm going to go with Odell, take the upside with my, uh, with my wide receiver one. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. So, okay, let's keep it moving here. Um, AFC West, your chiefs. I've got them going 12 and four, got them at the top of the division. Uh, Broncos 10 and six, making that, uh, that six seed um, and, and exceeding a lot of expectations. I talked about on your podcast, uh, really love the Broncos. Then the Raiders at eight and eight and the chargers at six and 10. Once again, I feel like we're on the same page with a lot of these. The Chiefs should win the division without much of a fight, in my opinion. Also a Chiefs fan. Mm. Uh, but as far as we both love the Broncos this year, um, yeah, I think they can definitely get nine to ten wins and get a wild card spot. The only gripe I would maybe have with this is I think the Chargers may end up better than six and ten, even with like Tyrod as their quarterback, that they are uh, – an extremely talented defense had a lot of injuries last year, a lot of turnover luck, not break their way. And so I could also see the chargers finishing 500 or better and getting in that mix where I think anybody in the AFC West could contend for a playoff spot this year. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, it's really up in the air between those two guys. Um, and you're on the clock here uh, in our, in our draft here. So where, where are you headed? Where are you thinking? Uh, I'm going between a couple right now. Let's go with, I'll go with Juju. I like that. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm on the clock again. And this one is going to surprise some people, I think. But the last eight weeks of the season, like a top five receiver, which no one would even think about, uh, was Robert Woods. Uh, and I think he's going to be that guy in L.A. again. So that's what I'm going to take. Um, I think there's a lot of upside with Robert Woods. And people forget about how, how dominant he was. It's my turn again. And I'm going to go with a guy who I'm surprised is still here, but I will gladly take him. And that's the Seahawks running back, Chris Carson. Mm, I thought you were going with uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I just, I, I, I can't. I think Marlon Mack and Taylor are really going to be, like they both are going to go for about 750 yards. So if I took one of the two, it's going to be Mack. And I, and I can get him in like round 10 or 11, which is, you know, great value at, at that spot. I went with uh, Le'Veon Bell in the sixth round all right so we'll keep it moving here um the afc east we've got the bills at 11 and 5 winning the division taking the uh three seed patriots going eight and eight dolphins five and 11 and the jets three and 13 yeah i mean uh first thing sticks out there jets are not great mm. uh man the patriots are so hard to predict this year just based on like you know we don't like as long as cam is kind of what he was pre-injury like we know cam's a, a solid like good quarterback can be great. And so that's like one of my least concerns about the offense. The main concern just about the team in general is everybody has opted out. Everybody that's left in free agency. Like they've lost so much talent that I saw. Uh, there was a stat quoted in an article. I forget who exactly wrote it now, but uh, it was a stat from PFF that said that the Patriots had lost the most returning talent or had lost the most talent uh, from any team since uh, I believe it was 2003. Jeez. So there's, yeah. there's just a large amount of turnover there, and they could go any direction. I have no clue on the Patriots this year. Uh, so 8-8, eight eight, coin flip, don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the, Bills are, the Bills are stacked. Like, they, their defense is great. They got, you know, Stephon Diggs. They draft Zach Moss. Like, they, they have a team up there in Buffalo. I think they're the most, like, well, fully put together team right now in that division. And, mm -hmm. you know, as long as Josh Allen can be – halfway decent and not kill him like I think that will uh go a long way I just realized I'm on the clock and have nine seconds 
uh, we're going to go with T.Y. Hilton, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I, I'm with you. I think the Patriots are kind of that team that's that's just in the middle. We don't really know what we're going to get from them. I would love to see Jadavion Clowney go to the Patriots. I think that would give them a huge boost. Uh, you know, even on just a one-year deal with the, the salary that they saved from everybody opting out. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. But it's, yeah, the Patriots are the probably the toughest team to know really uh, what direction or what you're going to get from them. Uh, and I'm on the clock here. Uh, with my first pick here, I think I'm going to go DJ Chark. I'm going to buy into that Minshew That's mania. Uh, and, and Chark is really going to be a big recipient of that. Um, and then with my next pick, I'm going to take a guy who uh, had a lot of hype last year, didn't really live up to it. Um, but I think this year could be the year, um, especially getting him at a discount. I'm going to go David Montgomery uh, with my next pick. Took two uh, guys looking at perfect that's that's what i that's what i aim to do here um happy to happy to help in any way i can <laughs> up on a receiver yeah i'm gonna go uh, Devontae parker oh love Devontae parker he's big time another one of those guys like robert woods that people don't realize it just dominated uh but yeah we'll keep moving here move over to the nfc uh the nfc i've got the packers going 10 and 6 vikings uh, packers winning the division obviously uh vikings missing the playoffs at 9 and 7 Bears going six and ten, and the Lions going three and thirteen. Yeah. So, once again, I think we mentioned a little bit on Camp's cover. I think the Lions are sneaky, like competitive this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I think they're somewhere between that three and thirteen you have, and a playoff team where I, I don't think mm-hmm. they're. I don't. I'm not willing to go as far as saying they're going to win the division, but I also don't think they're one of the five worst teams in the NFL or anything that uh, I, I kind of view them in the similar range as the Bears where they'll win six to eight games in my mind and, you know, m- maybe make things uh, interesting down the stretch just with uh, some of those divisional games. But I, I just can't see – I don't see them as, like, one of the five worst teams in the league unless things go wrong with Patricia, which they definitely could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and part, of it, part of it was for me with, uh, like, Stafford's injury – his back injury. We don't know exactly what we're going to get. And so that uncertainty uh, mixed with, I mean, yeah, they traded some, some really good players for uh, some, some, and they drafted some really good players, but it's like, you can't beat that veteran experience, which I think is, is going to hurt them in the long run. Um, Yeah. I'm worried about a bit of the uh, the turnover on the Vikings defense or secondary particularly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But nine and seven feels like that's not anything too bad shape about like, if you said the Vikings were going to go, 12 and four, I'd be like, maybe the breaks, but like nine and seven feels completely fine for a team of that, uh, that caliber. Mm-hmm. So I'm clock here. There's nothing I'd like at this point. I know there's, there's, we're getting into those middle rounds, the awkward kind of. Yeah. With Kareem Hunt, just uh, basically it hopes that Chad would get hurt. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I was going to. Um, but since he's off the board, I think I'm going to go, uh, a guy that a lot of people, a lot of smart people are excited about, which means I need to get excited about him. Uh, and that's Deontay Johnson from, from Pittsburgh wide receiver. So that's where I'm going to go there. We're going up against each other there with me, uh, having Juju. So we'll see (laughs) who gets the, uh, the target breakouts there. All right. Did you go Deontay Johnson? I tried to, it didn't let me. Yeah. It looks like you went Tyler Boyd. Oh, I did not mean – I think I got my, – my Wi-Fi got messed up. Oh, I got screwed there. I wanted to – oh, okay. Yeah, well, my whole thing's frozen right now, so. 
yeah, I went Dak Prescott and Tyler Boyd. So, uh, you know what? It's all good. Whatever. We'll, we'll make it happen. I'm okay with Dak Prescott. Um, but yeah, NFC South here, uh, new look bucks. I've got the saints winning the division going 12 and four, uh, bucks going 11 and five Falcons six and 10 and Panthers five and 11. I want the bucks to stink. I just don't know that. they do. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to be bad. I kind of want the whole, uh, Tumbery thing just go up in flames and not have like the storybook ending in Tampa or whatever. Like, I just want them to, I, I, I just want that to not work. Mm. But there's enough talent around them where like that team shouldn't be awful. So 11 and five might be rich for me. I think I'd have them more in, I don't know, probably a nine and seven range, but that's, that's pretty fine. The Falcons, I think, like have enough talent where they could get to around 500, be competing for a wild card spot. Um, and the Panthers is the worst team. Like that's, it all checks out to me. Nothing, nothing egregious. Yeah. I, I will say, I, I feel like my mind um, is, I'm not as high on the bucks as like, uh, like where, how I feel as, you know, where these predictions kind of laid out, like thinking about, it, I'm like, ah, they're not an 11 and five team. Like they've got, sure. They've got a lot of weapons on offense. The O-line uh, could be you know, better. And the defense is really just average. But then I went through the schedule and I was like, yeah, I went here, win there. Shoot, they're 11 and five. You know, it's, it's weird how, like, there are just a couple of those where it's like, it's almost an accident, but they, they turn out to be, um, you know, uh, they win more games than I realize. But yeah, no, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how this Bucks experiment goes. I've got 20 bucks on uh, the Bucks winning more games than the Patriots in a bet with Liam. So <laughs> I, feel, I feel pretty good about those odds, at least for the, for the time being. Um, yeah, I think uh, my internal student union best to hit on those real quick is uh, I have one with Johnny Rombos on, what was it? I think it's Jaguars. I think we said the over-under at five, five and a mm, half, or around mm-hmm. there, and I could the under. So I'm going with the Jags being bad. Yeah, and that would be that. The other one was uh, Frank Finelli bet me that Deshaun Jackson would finish with more yards and touchdowns <laughs> than Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that one, at even I wasn't too sure about it. I so, was not too sure about that one at all. Win the bet, you do have to hit both yards and touchdowns, but I'm pretty confident that Tyreek will not lose both yards and touchdowns to Deshaun Jackson unless he gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh, okay, so this is the team. So we're doing, doing our divisional power rankings here. This is my number one division in football, the toughest one. Uh, and I said on the campus cover, I've got them going 500 uh, or uh, and above everyone in the division. So the 49ers, 12 and four, uh, got them at the best, the, the one seed. The Seahawks make the playoffs 10 and six with a uh, wild card spot. The Rams go nine and seven, and the Cardinals go eight and eight. I just took Jamison Crowder. Um, yeah, I, I agree. That's definitely the uh, top to bottom toughest uh, division in the NFC. Um, in the whole NFL, the only other division I would say maybe gives it a run is the AFC West. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, I don't think there between the two, the AFC West and the NFC West, I don't think there's any team that's for sure going to finish below 500. I would say like right now, I bet on to finish below 500. Uh, I I like all of it, um, as we already talked about. I think that the uh, the Rams might end up being the worst team in this division, just based on you know, obviously it depends what they get out of golf, like how, how that offense looks, but their, their offense line is pretty bad last year. They're losing Wade Phillips. They're just not, I, I just don't think that they're that talented of a team. The Cardinals around eight and eight feels 
feels good to me. Um, and the Niners likely winning the division again. You can't really bet against Russell Wilson, but you have to. Uh, they got Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer still uh, running the ball 50 times a game. So, Yeah, behind one of the worst offensive lines in football. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, you can hear me talk bad about the Seahawks on the campus cover. I don't want to give all that away. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a tough – tough division. And I think you're right. The AFC and the NFC West are in the same boat where it's like really either, either team, uh, any team in that division could finish above 500. Um, and it wouldn't be like, you wouldn't have to convince me too much. Um, but yeah, we, my last two picks, I took Hunter Henry and I took Marlon Mack, got him in the uh, 11th round, which is an absolute steal uh, considering, you know, what, what really he's expected to do in that offense. But um, yeah, that just give you a quick update there. Yeah, and I, I just went to uh, my last two have been Jamison Crowder and Michael Hardman. Uh, Hardman should see an increased role this year for the Chiefs, especially right now Tyreek is day-to-day -day with a hamstring injury. So I would say Hardman's probably getting a lot of those reps and uh, should be a bigger part of the passing game. And then right now I'm going to go with uh, Antonio Gibson. Uh, well, no, it's a little bit of a reach at this point, actually. I'm just going to say screw it and do it. I'm going to take Antonio Gibson, new running back in Washington. I like Very it. boomer bust pick, but. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to take a Giants player in every fantasy draft, like not just mock, but like okay. real, real life that I do. Because I think that offense is going to shine with, with Jason Garrett. But now it's just, do I go Golden Tater, Sterling Shepard? I'm going to go Sterling Shepard here. Um, but I, I think that offense with Saquon and Daniel Jones um it's they're gonna they're gonna surprise a lot of people um and i'm excited to to get in on it and that's gonna be a goal of mine in these later rounds to get a giants receiver uh, or even evan ingram as my tight end uh to establish something and then um with my other pick i'm gonna do a little handcuff action i'm gonna take latavius murray um from the new orleans saints uh, do you have a i do i took dak prescott on a on a uh auto pick I do not. So we're gonna I, I normally wouldn't wait quarterback this long, or I would wait this long, but I um, love waiting on quarterback. I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> going like just anti everything the NFL stands against. I'm just going to go ahead and draft Justin Tucker before I draft a quarterback. <laughs> Shaking things up a little bit. I like it. Uh, we got one more division here um, and then we'll go into my division winners or my uh, award winners, the NFC East Cowboys have got going 10 and six winning the division. Eagles nine and seven making the playoffs with that last wild card spot, and then the Giants and the Redskins both going four and twelve. Yeah, my only I think you have the uh, the order right. My only gripe is just don't have the uh, you're not high enough on the top two teams. I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC, uh, and I really like the Eagles as one of the uh, top ten teams in the NFL as well. So I, yeah. I think I have the Cowboys closer in my mind to twelve to thirteen wins, and I would say the Eagles are a ten to eleven win team, but mm. I, I think the order is right here. I just may, maybe I'm just too high on the uh, the other two teams in the division. Yeah, I felt like I was that way last year, and it was just like that for the Cowboys, they just couldn't put it together. You know, it was coaching, and I, I just I don't want to be burned again. Um, and then the Eagles, it's in injuries. Can everybody stay healthy? We've already seen uh, Miles Sanders go down with a little a minor issue, but it's like so many guys were hurt last year. It was it was really difficult to get anything going. So. I, I may have trust issues with the NFC East for the next couple of years, to be honest with you. Um, but they could, they could snap out of it, but uh, I'm going to take a kicker before I take my defense and I'm going to go with a kicking, uh, a kicker. 
whose team is going to score a lot of points. Uh, and that is the New Orleans Saints. And that's Will Lutz as my kicker. Um, and then for defense here, if all works out, which it didn't, um, I was hoping to get the Colts. But I'm going to take the Bears defense. I think they're going to make a lot of plays, get a lot of points. Uh, and that'll do it for my team. But let's move. Defense, and then I'm just going to grab a quarterback here. Let's go with. I'll just go with Matt Stafford. No, back injury. I'll go with Rodgers. <laughs> oh, Rodgers is still – that's crazy. Rodgers still there. At that's this point, I guess it is 18 leagues. So. Yeah, Brady was still there. Rodgers, Josh Allen, uh, Stafford, like Baker was there. Like there, there was a ton of quarterbacks still there. Tannehill. Uh, okay, so to finish off the podcast here, I'm going to go through – um, I'm going to give you each award. You tell me who wins it, and then I'll say who I've got, even though you can see who I have winning it. Uh, where is that at on here? I don't see where that's at. So. Oh, it's a, okay. Well, that, that's, that's perfect. Right. I got it. I see it. Uh, okay, so your MVP of the season. MVP. The Super Bowl MVP. It's got to be Mahomes. Okay. I have Russell Wilson, which we talked about on the campus cover. You can check out that episode if you want to hear why. Uh, offensive player of the year. Hmm. Offense player of the year. I mean, it's hard because I feel like if the, you know, whoever wins MVP should also be like offense player of the year. So that's a bit up in the air, but I'll say Russell Wilson. Okay. Yeah. I went, I went Kyler Murray, same thing, same situation there. You can, you can hear it on the campus cover coach of the year. Who you got? I'll go uh, Mike McCarthy. Told you I love the Cowboys. I think he, uh, he gets a right, locks up the one C in the NFC and wins coach of the year. All right. I've got Stefanski uh, defensive player of the year. Uh, let's go with, you know, I've said, I think the, uh, the Broncos are going to make a little bit of, a little bit of noise. So I'm, I'm just going to get ballsy here and I'll, I'll say Nick Chubb or not Nick Chubb, mess that up. Bradley Chubb. Wins it. <laughs> that would be ballsy <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Nick Chubb's definitely <laughs> defense player. No, uh, Bradley Chubb's going to win it. Uh, coming back from that injury, got uh, this whole defense stacked around Jarrell Casey now on the line. Uh, Shelby Harris returning Vaughn should be hundred percent as far as I know. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, for him to break out this year would, would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've got Nick Bosa, um, as my defensive player of the year, I think 49ers are just stacked on defense and he's going to feast and, and yeah. rise to the top. Uh, yeah. but I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much, Cody, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. All right. And here, before we end the show, just want to go over a few things, Uh, from the opening round of the playoffs. Obviously, um, as you're listening to this, the Celtics and Raptors have moved on. Actually, while I'm recording this, the Celtics and Raptors have moved on in a sweep, uh, and the Bucs are looking to take care of business tomorrow to get out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, But I just want to go through each of the rounds uh, and and talk about each of the games and kind of see where we're at at this point, maybe where we went a little overboard with an overreaction, uh, and really what's to come up here in the next few weeks. That's going to be what is most important. Uh, so first off, let's start with the series that are over. Raptors Nets, I mean, we expected that. Raptors were going to blow them out um, as they did. Scoring 150 points in Game 4 with no one scoring over 30, absolutely insane. Um, the Nets, I mean, it's, it's you're just looking to next year, right? They were putting together a ragtag bunch. Uh, really didn't expect to get that far, so can't be hurting uh, immensely because they didn't get a, at least a game. You know, you would have liked to take a game, but it, they just weren't close. Um, Celtic Sixers, the Sixers played them close in... Quite a few games. Um, I was definitely nervous game three coming down to the wire. Bottom line, the Celtics are going to be in trouble. If they can't get offensive rebounds, if they can't lock down 
a big scorer. And when you go up against the Raptors, it's Serge Ibaka, Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam, three really big dudes that it's like, man, we're going to have to be on our A game. And, and these wings, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, are really going to have to step it up if we're going to have a shot in this series. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be exciting. But still, man, uh, it's it's unfortunate that um, you know, you would have liked to win in, in dominating fashion while also stopping Joel Embiid, but he pretty much had his way. Um, and bottom line, when he got tired, it was over. And that's kind of how the whole series went is when Joel Embiid got tired, uh, the Celtics went on a run and they, and they put it out of reach. So now we're getting to the point where the Sixers, okay, you're swept. And Woj just tweeted a couple hours ago that they're looking to make a move fairly soon. So they're going to get Brett Brown out, which makes sense. But now Elton Brand, general manager, is like, okay, what happens next? Do you trade Ben Simmons? Do you try and get rid of Al Horford, Tobias Harris? Uh, I'm assuming Joel Embiid stays, but at this point, like, you got to leave all options on the table. Uh, Al Horford simply can't coexist with Joel Embiid, uh, and he's $28 million worth of salary. Uh, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are very similar offensively, but you really need both on defense. uh, But then your two superstars can't shoot threes, which is on a regular basis, which is very, very difficult. Um, and Tobias Harris, unfortunately, has not done much. So you're really in a crunch now where your four best players, you owe, I don't know, roughly over $150 million or close to $150 million a year, uh, which is insane. No, that's not true. That's not the case at all. It's a little over a little over 110 or something like that. I don't know the exact numbers, but a lot of money is tied up into these guys. And unfortunately, you can't win this way. This is proven. What The best thing you have to show for it is is Kawhi beating you in the Eastern Conference semis on his way to a championship. Uh, I think Brett Brown has uh, long lived his stay. I think maybe Ben Simmons is on the market, maybe Al Horford. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a whole new 76ers by the time we get to this point next season. Uh, and as for the Celtics, I mean, Kemba Walker had a fantastic game. Jason Tatum has been great all series. Jalen Brown filling in the cracks. And Marcus Smart is just doing those little things to help us win. I mean, it is very exciting basketball. And uh, I mean, we could score with the best of them, but we're going to continue to be dominated inside, specifically on the glass, if we can't get something going, figure out something. Maybe Enos Cantor needs to play a little bit more. Uh, but Daniel Tice, unfortunately, has was struggled. And it makes sense. You're going up against Joel Embiid, one of the best bigs in the league. Um, but he struggled quite a bit, uh, no doubt about it. The Heat and Pacers, unfortunately, the Pacers are just struggling with injuries. And the Heat are too much. Uh, the Heat are going to give the Bucks some trouble. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm excited to see where this one goes, but they're going to struggle quite a bit because you look at Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic. Like, there's so many guys to stop, and they shoot three so well. That's the that's the recipe to beat the the uh, the Sixers is to just shoot a lot of threes. And if they can start going in on a consistent basis, the Bucks are going to be in trouble. Uh, and and so that that's kind of where they lie there. The Pacers, unfortunately, you know, you get healthy and. And, and try it again next year. T.J. Warren was somewhat of a revelation, but with no Sabonis and Oladipo coming back, it's really hard to stay uh, to, to win these games. They stayed competitive. They did a good job of staying in them, but getting over that hump was just a little too difficult for them. Um, and as for the Bucks, looks like they're back on track. Just game one was a little bit of a slip-up, not a huge deal, uh, which is good news for uh, Milwaukee fans and Giannis fans. Um, not too much notable. I'd, you know, the Magic are just struggling with injury, and they're not that well-built of a team in general, so it makes it tough, uh, unfortunately, for them. Looking over to the West, the Lakers are back on track, and everyone can get off of the Trailblazers bandwagon. Uh, yes, they are a great three-point shooting team. Yes, they can get hot, but these are the Los Angeles Lakers with two of the best players in the NBA 
going up against them. And LeBron James showed it in game three. We saw a classic LeBron performance. And, uh, you know, the, my only issue with that is, is he turning on the Jets too early? I mean, you look at recent round ones he's had to go through, he has not played that hard at all. Uh, it, it seems like everything was just coming so easy to him. But this one, you know, he, he had to kick it into gear and say, you know what, I'm taking over, I'm scoring, um, and I'm making things happen. Uh, so I just wonder, you know, when he gets down the stretch to whoever he plays, you know, if he plays the Rockets um, and then whoever it is down the road, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a tough one for him. And uh, I just hope he's got enough gas left in the tank when that when that time comes because he's older uh, than he this is as old as he's going to as he's been so far. So, it, you know, it, it obviously makes it difficult there. Uh, moving to the Rockets and Thunder. Thunder I had winning the series in seven and they went a long way uh, in doing that. In the uh, in the, their last game, pushing it to two to one in the series, Shea Gill just hit a huge three pointer uh, that that put them up end uh, of regulation, and they eventually won in overtime. Uh, yeah, if the Rockets get cold, that's where this is where they struggle. Is bottom line, OKC is a methodical, um, you know, get the ball, move it around, good, get a good look, and, and go. Whereas the Rockets are just hucking up threes all the time. Uh, and the problem with that is when the Rockets are hot, they're hard to stop. And if OKC doesn't have a big enough lead built up, then they're going to struggle, no doubt about it. But uh, as of right now, they've been pretty entertaining games. And if if the uh, the Thunder can keep them in check, I know Russell Westbrook hasn't come back. And when he does, it'll be a different series. But if they can keep him in check here and push it close. Who knows what will happen? I mean, this is uh, building up to be one of the best stories of the season, the OKC uh, Thunder, obviously not even projected to make the playoffs, are the five seed, and they're pushing the Rockets uh, and, and not going down without a fight, which is very, very cool to see. Uh, and then the Nuggets-Jazz, which is a game that's going on right now as I'm recording this, I honestly thought the Jazz were dead in the water after game one. Donovan Mitchell scored 57, and they still lost in overtime. But Mike Conley came back in game three. Uh, they, I mean, they won game two. Mike Conley came back in big in game three. They won in a big way. Um, I still think this is the Nuggets series. When Jokic and Jamal Murray get going, it's really, really hard to stop them. Uh, and, but I'm excited to see that, where this goes. And it genuinely could go seven. And the final series, and the one that I am most excited about, uh, which is absolutely crazy coming off the heels of this game that we just saw uh, is the Clippers and Mavericks. Right now the series is tied at two and Luka has been going crazy. Um, I mean, this is just at 21 years old, he's adding moments in playoff history to his lore, things that we're going to be talking about for decades to come. Sprains his ankle bad uh, in game three. It's questionable to even play in game four. Kristaps Porzingis is a late scratch. He's not even playing. And Luka goes a 40-point triple-double, hitting big shot after big shot, including a buzzer-beater three to put the Clippers over, uh, or the Mavericks over the Clippers in a pivotal game. Um, one of the biggest shots of his career, and you just think about everything leading up to it. Absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, this one might go 7-2. You know, I, I think you look at it from a a realistic perspective and you kind of take a step back and get out of it. I mean, Paul George had one of the worst games ever um, and he's bound to bounce back for sure. Um, and it's going to be tough, but obviously they're going to have Chris house back. So it's, man, this is a, a very close series. Um, I think I had the Clippers in six, but you know, this, this might as well go seven. Uh, it's been a very exciting opening round of the playoffs and it's not done yet. Uh, so I'm excited to see how that stuff finishes off, but I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we're going to have a couple more guests here coming up in the next few weeks, make guys I'm excited about, um, and people to get you ready for the NFL season, people that will talk basketball uh, and update you on everything going on there. 
Uh, and I'll be sure to uh, keep you guys posted with everything that's going on on social media and Instagram. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week.